Hello and welcome to another episode of the Artsy Engineering Radio. I'm your host today, Sultan, and I'm joined here by Adam. Uh, Adam, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi. Hey, Sultan. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, it's great to be here. I'm looking forward to a nice chat. Great to have you. So today we're going to be having a new uh, series of episodes and uh, our first guest is Adam. Uh, the series is going to be called The Artsy Berliners. Basically, it's talking about the, the engineering uh, team uh, who are in Berlin and how was their sort of uh, path toward coming to Berlin was and all the things that they've been through and this type of thing. Welcome to the first episode, Adam. Would you like to give us an introduction about who, who you are and what do you do at Artsy? Sure. I'm So I'm a, a senior engineering manager at Artsy. I've been at Artsy for two, two and a half years, more than two and a half, two and two thirds, let's say. Yeah, I also, I, I actually have a, a slightly hybrid role because as well as being an engineering manager, manager I'm also a product manager on one of the teams for um, the mobile platform team. Oh, great. Okay. And I have a question for you. Have you always been uh, like in the engineering or have you done any sort of uh, other jobs before that? So, I mean, certainly I did a lot of other jobs. I, I had like a, I had a phase at university where I was just trying to put together like the stupidest CV that I could. So I was a <laughs> security guard for a while and then I worked in a juggling shop and then I packed jelly on night shifts in a factory. Oh, wow. Uh, and yeah, I was like collecting stupid jobs, but, um, Actually, so not. I don't think I really had many jobs before I became an engineer, but but for a long time I had like a parallel career because I was a musician as well. So oh, I was oh. a musician for about yeah a long time. Oh, wow, okay. um, and always working as an engineer on the side to pay the rent because music doesn't pay the rent very well. <laughs> but wow, that's a. Uh... It's a lot of jobs, a lot of stuff, and uh, being a musician, uh, it, it's—I would assume that it would be very, very fun uh, living uh, as a musician or working as a musician. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, it is for sure. It's—it's it's like it's not all fun <laughs> by a long way, um, and I mean, it's—it's like—it's hard work trying to. It's—it's it's hard creative work, like putting putting an album together like making an album is a is a huge project it'll take you well it depends but you know in total it's probably going to take you longer than a year it's going to involve oh, wow. other people you're going to have to sort of coordinate things but also you have to actually write a whole lot of music <laughs> so it can be quite hard work and then i mean touring is great fun as well but it can also be pretty grueling sometimes it can also oh. be pretty hard work yeah, I would assume that touring is the, you're just uh, from a city to another city, uh, nonstop, uh, like sleepless and on the way. Uh, like it, it's just a, a really tiring process. It's it's fun during the shows, I would assume, but through, between the shows, it would be very tiring. I mean, I have no experience about of, of in any in music in being a musician or anything, but I just heard stories. Uh, are they like that or? 
I, I mean, it depends. So I went on some, like I went on some big tours where I was actually a support act. I wasn't, I wasn't ever really big enough to be headlining a big tour, but I went on tours as a support act where it was really like, like I did a, I did a month long tour of the U S uh, on oh. a tour bus where we were just in a different city every night and driving around the whole country. Like, yeah, I mean, it was a month. It was, I think like in the space of a month, we had like two nights off and we were just playing shows every other night. Oh, and then wow. <laughs> after the show, we would take everything down, clear everything into the tour bus and then go and sleep on the tour bus and drive and wake up. I mean, wake up usually still on the road because it's a lot of driving, then just go to another city. Yeah, that sounds very tiring. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it was pretty amazing as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. So you were saying that you were doing some tours in the US. Uh, so how long have you been in Berlin and when did you come to Berlin? So I've been in Berlin for coming up on 13 years now. I moved to Berlin in 2010. Oh, wow. That's um, a long time. Yeah, it is a long time. <laughs> um, and and before that, actually, I was still in Germany, so I moved to Cologne in the west of Germany. Oh, quite a few years mm. before that. So, I mean, I, I'm I'm British, but I yeah, I'm, so I moved to Germany in 2001. Oh, long time ago. Oh. So it's been 13 years in Berlin, but uh, it's been 20 years in Germany in total. Yeah, that's a long time. And uh, I'm assuming that you speak. German fluently, because that's uh, the struggle that everyone who comes to Berlin, they don't speak the language at all. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, yeah, I can, I can live fairly happily in German. <laughs> that's great. That's great. If you have any stories about in Berlin, what, what was the, the most uh, shocking thing that you saw in Berlin, for example? I mean, to be honest, like I didn't even see the action, but the most recent New Year's Eve in Berlin was pretty amazing. I mean, the thing is, like, it really was pretty shocking from the stuff that was going on on the streets in Neukölln, mostly from what I hear. But from where I was, it was um, like the the quantity of fireworks going on in every direction was pretty incredible. Yeah, actually, yeah, this New Year, uh, it's been uh, like... It like the streets did not stay quiet. Like for the, I would say for three nights in a row, like you would not hear any silence. It's always going on and on and on. And yeah, I I, I believe that. Uh, I mean, I've, I've never been that long in in Berlin, but I believe that because of COVID, um, they sort of stopped the fireworks for the past uh, New Year's, and uh, because of the, I would assume that there was lockdowns and stuff. And now, uh, because it was allowed and uh, like freely anyone could do that, everyone sort of had this sort of kept energy for celebrating the the New Year's, and they all did like the three years of uh, just not not celebrating to do it just in three days. And the amount of fireworks and the amount of things that were happening is just insane. Yeah, yeah, I think it was it was definitely something like that. I mean, there there really was some weird stuff, a lot of violence that happened as well. And I have no idea where that came from, like what it was that drove people to do that. It probably was something to do, like you say, with the fact of having been kind of locked down. So some kind of release from that, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. 
But I, I believe it was like especially for the New Year's. I don't, I don't think it was a controlled release. It was just uh, no. raging. Yeah, it was just raging, and it was like the outcome shouldn't have been that way. But uh, that was so. That was a little strange. Like, what was the decision that made you choose Berlin over any other place? I would say either in Germany or in the world. Did, like, did you choose Berlin, or did Berlin choose you? <laughs> So I guess, I, I mean, I did choose Cologne before I chose Berlin. And the reason I chose Cologne was because at the time my record label was based there. Oh. And, and I met some great people, there, including, including my now wife. Oh, wow. And so like, That's great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always say that the reason I moved to Cologne was for love and music, which kind of was about right. <laughs> um, and then, I mean, so then actually we, we actually both moved to New York for a while as well. So Ooh. from Cologne, between Cologne and Berlin, we spent a year and a half in New York. And then when we came back, honestly, it felt like it wasn't really clear where else to go. I mean, Ooh. it seemed like Berlin was just the natural choice. A choice like in what sense? Uh, due to being a musician or due to working as an engineer or both? Kind of both. I mean, it's, it's like, it's obviously it's a pretty good place to be for both of those things. But also I just, you know, I just, I love big cities. I, I lived in London for quite a while before I moved to Cologne. So yeah. I lived in Paris for a while and, and New York for a while. And so Cologne felt like actually a pretty small place to be. And I wanted to get, I wanted to get back to living in a proper city again. Yeah. I'm not sure if Berlin's a proper city, but you know. It's quite big. It's a it's a city. It's a it's a different city, I would say. Yeah, like Cologne. I've been in Cologne for just like two months or three months, a few years back, and it felt like a big village, but not yeah. like a big city. I mean, it it has its own culture and it's very vibrant, but it, it like spread like uh, I would say density wise, it's not as big as Berlin. No, I mean it has like. It always it always claims to have a million people. I think it's always like teetering on the brink of a million people. It's always like nine hundred and ninety nine thousand nine hundred and ninety eight. So it's 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 actually quite a lot of people, but still it's true. It doesn't actually really feel like this. So you're right, it's like it's like a giant village. Yeah. So you told us before that uh, you were a musician, but you were working as an engineer on the site. Have you started your engineering career before coming to Germany or like uh, before coming to Berlin? Yes, I did. Absolutely. When I went to university, like I was always doing music. I was always in bands at school and stuff. And then, and then I went and studied philosophy at university because it seemed really interesting. And it was extremely interesting. But then I finished that and was like, oh, okay. So philosophy is not a very good career move. If you want to advance your career, I wouldn't advise studying philosophy. And being a musician, honestly, is not a very good career move either. So then I was like, okay, what should I actually do? And I figured out back then that if I went and studied again, so I did like a a high-speed degree in computer science because I thought, if I do this, then it's probably going to be quite interesting. And also, unlike anything else I do, I might actually be able to get a job. A high speed as in uh, like intense? Uh, yeah, it was like a, I mean, so it, it, it was a master's degree, mm. but it was a master's degree for people who hadn't studied computer science for their first degree. 
And so oh. it did like in the space of a year, it did like, it did like four years in the space of a year. Yeah, that's uh, quite intense, a really intensive course. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, but it was good. It was fun. I enjoyed it, definitely. Yeah, and then after that, I came out. So I came, I came out of that into the middle of the first dot-com boom, which was at the end of the 90s. Yeah, that was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> was it a good time to be an engineer back then? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess it's I guess it's been a good time to be an engineer ever since then, honestly. But I mean, that was a that was particularly a good time. So, I mean, there was a lot of money around. Probably not as much money as there has been around for the last, I don't know, 10 years. Oh, wow. Or something in tech. But even then it was like it was all new. And the nice thing was as well that it really it felt like a good thing to be doing. I think it like it's 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 a little less clear in tech these days. I don't think anyone thinks anymore that tech is just undeniably good. Yeah, no, but, uh, um, it's like, a little more ambivalent. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, was, I was just comparing like now and back then at the, the start of the the start of the dot com boom. I'm assuming it was very difficult to actually write code because nowadays we have like documentations and we have uh, like Google to search for stuff and we have Stack Overflow, which makes uh, our lives much, much more easy. Back then, I'm, I'm assuming that everyone would be just in front of their computers, just uh, banging their heads on the keyboard, trying to fix things, but this, this it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> and the diet of frustration just makes something work, but it's it, like, they don't know how to fix it. <laughs> It wasn't quite that bad. <laughs> okay. so, so I mean, back back then, I used to. I was a, a Java engineer. That was oh. my that was my main language. So I was writing Java, and yeah, it's true that I guess we used books quite a lot. Oh, which you know yeah. doesn't. I mean, I don't mean I haven't read a physical programming book f- for a long time. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> back then that was something that we did. But I mean, you know, documentation was still already online. Mm. Like all of the Java APIs were, were all online. So oh, yeah. you could search through all of that. It's true, like Stack Overflow wasn't there. So you did actually have to write your own code. And there weren't so many tutorials and things. <laughs> yeah, but I'm assuming that there weren't so many examples. And if you want to make something uh, like something new, it's difficult uh, to have some sort of... Uh, an inspiration from exa- from from an example or something from a tutorial or like yeah. nowadays you just go to chat gpt and ask it to spit out some <laughs> code for you right. <laughs> and get an inspiration out of that <laughs> yeah and how could that possibly go wrong <laughs> oh that that's quite a history that's quite a lot of things maybe let's go back a little bit to berlin how was the tech scene over there uh, like uh, elsewhere and uh, compared to berlin I'm assuming that you started in uh, like out before Germany, somewhere in uh, I would assume in in London. Yeah, I was working in London for a content management system, and I was like, I was actually building that, and then I was working as a consultant for a while for all of the people who were using our content management system. So that was sort of within London, but also I went to the US a few times as well. We had we had uh, customers in the US or around Europe, 
And then when I moved to Cologne, at some point I started working at the Fraunhofer Institute. The Fraunhofer Institute is actually a kind of German scientific research institute. And it's actually the, the Fraunhofer Institute were the people who came up with MP3. So when MP3 first came, the codec oh, that they used the, to use the codec, the file for, oh. was the Fraunhofer codec. And oh wow, I, I wasn't working on MP3. I was doing some, but I was working with a group of people. We were making experimental user interfaces for discovering media art. So I was writing, I was building Java applications that, for example, allowed you to navigate around a landscape of media artwork where the landscape or a map was uh, created by a, a neural network. But this was like, this, well. this is a while ago, so none of it worked very well. <laughs> <laughs> that was really interesting. That was a lot of fun, and it was a very interesting place to work. And then for a long time, I had a, I, I worked freelance, and I had like a company with a couple of other people, and we were, we were working as freelance consultants for nonprofit organizations. So we built a lot of, we built a lot of websites for various kinds of nonprofit organizations, mostly in the UK, actually, cool. but, but international. I guess when I moved to Berlin, I did start working in the tech scene in Berlin fairly quickly. So I remember the first place I worked, and then, I mean, this was also still working as a freelancer, but I worked at Rocket Internet, which is Rocket Internet was like the first big company, first big tech company in Berlin, maybe. And Rocket had this way of doing things where they would, they would like copy successful companies. They would just make a, they would look, see a successful website and they would just make a copy of it. And <laughs> it was very cynical, but it was kind of interesting as well. But would the copies work though? Like, would they actually succeed? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, well, no, I mean, I, sometimes they succeeded. Sometimes they just, I mean, what they did was just build them fairly quickly. And then if they didn't succeed, they just shut them down very quickly as well. So one something that I did there, for example, Zalando was fairly recent. And Zalando was one of the first big success stories. And I can't remember whether Zalando was connected to Rocket Internet originally. I'm not really sure. But one thing that I did at Rocket was to build tools for a Zalando copy that was going to sell shoes in, I think it was in Russia, Japan, and Brazil or something. Oh. So building okay. like, I built an, an inventory management application for shoes that was then translated into Japanese, Russian, and yeah. Portuguese, which is, it's nice building something. It's nice doing internationalization for oh, yeah. oh, languages yeah. was completely different. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, like Chinese is very different than uh, Russian, and it's also very different than uh, Portuguese because uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. So that was wow, but yeah, I like the the, the idea of, of copying things just on the spot, like quickly uh, copying things and see if they work, uh, get get a proof of concept and just throw it in the market, see if it succeeds. If not, just destroy it and do another thing. <laughs> that's a, a, a fun. A, expensive but fun idea to a fun company to be in yeah it was it was weird 
to be honest. <laughs> I mean, they worked, they worked a lot with freelancers. And I remember going in one day and they just sacked all the freelancers. And I was the only freelancer that they didn't sack. It was just a Monday morning, went in. <laughs> and they sacked everybody. And they, the reason they didn't sack me is because I was the only person, I was building this application on my own. So they couldn't really sack me because no one else oh, knew. Yeah. They don't want us to replace you. Yeah. So I was like the one freelancer <laughs> left standing. <laughs> so yeah, I'm assuming that you, your weeks has been quite busy in, in Berlin, like weekdays. Uh, what about weekends? Like, what do you do for ledger? What do you do on weekends in Berlin? There's always something happening around the corner in Berlin. Like, uh, there's a show here and there's an event there and there's, a, like a, a movie that's, uh, like coming out in uh, a theater just around the corner. So what do you usually do, uh, like on weekends? Yeah. I, I mean, that's, so that's changed because I have, I, because I have kids now. I mean, I've had kids oh, for a yeah. while, so I don't go out clubbing all night. <laughs> um, oh yeah, Berlin is known for its clubbing scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I go to, I definitely go to shows occasionally. Obviously, like that's, to be honest, I'm not totally back into the habit of going to shows since Corona because oh. like there was, there was no music for such a long time. And yeah, I just got out of the habit and I haven't really gotten back into it, but I do go to shows just not as many as I used to. I mean, there's a lot of great cinemas around as well. So films, mm, yeah, just bars, hanging out with friends. Yeah. And yeah, the, the bar scene also here in Berlin, it's, it's really great. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now we're getting to the end of the show, the, the end of the episode. So I want to ask you, about what's your best falafel place in Berlin? Best falafel place in Berlin. Yeah, that's a good question. I really like Marouche, which is near Kotbosator. Marouche? I think, I'm pretty sure it's called Marouche. I think that might be my favorite. What makes it so special? I don't really know. <laughs> like there's 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 a, a tons of falafel shops in Berlin, like uh, almost in every other corner. <laughs> yeah, no, there's 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 something about the the like the sources that they used and oh. um, just the way they put it together. I, I yeah, I don't know the the differences between a good falafel and a great falafel can be hard to pin down. Yeah, yeah, that you, you true. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, you you heard it here first. Uh, the best falafel in Berlin, it's Maruj near Kutpasato. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for joining me, Adam. Uh, it's been a lovely time hanging out with you and chatting with you. Yeah, thanks. It's been great chatting with you. Thanks for having me. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can follow the Artsy Engineering team on Twitter at Artsy Open Source, and you can find our blog at artsy.github.io. This episode was mixed and edited by Jesse Magania, and our theme music is by Eve Essex, who you can find on all major streaming platforms. See you next time. <laughs>